Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series on the subject of prayer and we've been on, on this subject now for several, several weeks. And if you've missed any of the previous sessions, I, I'd like to invite you to go back into our archives and catch up on anything that you've missed. Now, uh, what, I, what I've been talking about primarily for the last many sessions uh, has been this, the, uh, the, the different kinds of prayer, the different kinds of prayer. And there are seven different kinds of prayer. And up till now, up till today, we've talked about the prayer of faith. We've talked about the prayer of agreement, which is also known as corporate prayer. We've talked about the prayer of commitment, the prayer of petition. That's when you uh, pray to God on behalf of yourself. We've talked about the prayer of intercession, which is when you pray to God on behalf of others. And we've talked about the prayer of thanksgiving. So six different kinds that we've talked about so far. And today I want to talk about the seventh kind of prayer, which is uh, known as praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. And of these seven different kinds of prayer, this, this kind here, the praying in the Spirit, is probably, and I say probably, it's without a doubt, and in fact it's not even close, it's the most, um, uh, it's the one that, that, that people have, have the most co confusion about. It's the, it's one that people really don't grasp. They don't understand it. Um, and, and, and it's, uh, it, it's, it, for some reason, it's just very difficult for people to grasp and understand. And so, uh, much confusion about it is what I'm trying to say. So much confusion about it. And, uh, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of confusion. There's so much confusion on this praying in the spirit that it's it's hard for me to even articulate how much confusion there is on this subject of praying in the spirit. Believe me, I know having pastored, you know, uh, now almost three decades and dealing with this almost four decades with Christians, much confusion on this. So let's see if we can can bring some clarity to it. I'll, I'll give it uh, I'll give it a go here. Praying in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? To pray in the Spirit. So let's, let's go to Jude, the book of Jude, J-U-D-E, the book of Jude. It's near the end of the New Testament. And uh, uh, there's only one chapter, so we'll look at verse 20. And the Bible says here, But you... Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, we could say some things about what it means to build yourself up. Um, that's a message for another, another day. I just want to point out to you here that, that this verse says that we are able to pray in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's what I want you to take out of that verse for, for this message today, is the Bible says that we can pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, with that being said, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2 says this, For he who speaks in a tongue... Now that's that's a, a, a tongue, a, a language that 
would be unknown to the speaker. Okay. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Okay. He who speaks in a tongue and some Bible versions may, may uh, put, put a, like an italicized word in there before tongue. And it says an unknown tongue, a tongue that would be unknown to the speaker. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Well, that's the implication there of prayer, isn't it? Speaking to God. So he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. See, we're talking about praying in the spirit. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? Or or we could say to pray in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, you see right here that that tongues, tongues or unknown tongues has something to do with it, has has everything to do with it, frankly, has everything to do with it. And so Jude, the 20th verse, talks about praying in the Holy Spirit. And here the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he said he's talking about he who speaks in a tongue, not speaking to men, but to God. And then he said, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mystery. So he speaks mysteries in the spirit. So praying in the spirit, we could say it this way, uh, praying in other tongues or praying in tongues or praying in in a tongue that's unknown to you. Okay. So when we say praying in the spirit, we could also say praying in tongues or praying in other tongues. Okay. That's what it means to pray in the spirit. It means to pray in other tongues. Okay. Let me say that again. If you're taking notes, write that down. When, when, when we're talking about praying in the spirit or praying in the Holy Spirit, what that really means is that we're praying in tongues or we could say praying in other tongues. Okay. That's what praying in the spirit means. It means praying in tongues. And when we do that, We're not speaking to men, but we're speaking to God. And it says here, no one understands when you're praying in tongues, people around you who might be listening to you and you yourself wouldn't understand what, what you're, what you're saying. Okay. You're not speaking to, to, to men. You're speaking to God. So people around you, as I said, listening, wouldn't understand what you're saying. You yourself don't understand what you're saying. Okay, because you're not speaking to men, you're speaking to God and in the spirit, see in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. Okay, in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. Okay, so let me say this to pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, now, now listen carefully. So to pray in the spirit uh, means we're, 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 we're praying to God in other tongues. Okay, now. With that all being said, let me say this. To pray in the Holy Spirit, one must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? To pray in the Holy Spirit, one must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit or you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to pray in the Spirit because you won't be able to pray in other tongues. Okay? 
All right, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit before you can speak or pray, however you want to say it, in other tongues, you see. You need to understand that. So, so to pray in the Holy Spirit, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what people need to realize. There's a difference, as you study the New Testament, there's a difference between being born of the Holy Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Two different experiences. See, the one that you need to go to heaven, the, the thing that you have to have to go to heaven is you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born again. That happens when you repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You get born of the Holy Spirit. Okay, He takes up residency on the inside of you. The Bible says if, if, if one doesn't have the Spirit of, of, of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. Okay, So when you get born of the Spirit, all right, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. You get born again. You become a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Okay, but, but that's different than being baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, to go to heaven, you have to be born of the Spirit. All right. But, but there is a, there is an experience and I'm not going to take the hour that it would take me essentially to go into the Bible and show you because I've done it in the past. It's in the archives. Go back and find it somewhere in, the, in days gone by. It's there where I've taken the time to show you there's a, there's a subsequent experience after you get born again, whereby you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And, 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 and just one thing I will say, if you ever noticed right after Jesus was born, uh, I'm sorry, right after Jesus was raised from the dead, right after, just shortly after he was raised, you know, shortly after he was raised from the dead, he went in among his apostles and in John 20 verse 22, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's where they got born again. But then he tells that same group that he just breathed on and said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, they got born of the Spirit right there. But then he tells that same group to go into Jerusalem and wait there until they're endued with power from on high. Luke 24, 49. Okay, he tells them to go into Jerusalem and wait till they're endued with power from on high. That's how Luke 24, 49 says it. Uh, it's restated again in Acts 1 verse 5. He actually, Jesus actually tells his disciples after he breathes on them, tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says, go into Jerusalem and wait there until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, and so they did that. And, 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 and many days later, they were there in that upper room. You can read it in Acts, the first couple of chapters there. There, on the day of Pentecost, when it had come, the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it says there that after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Okay, And that's where they started speaking with other tongues. And there are several instances of this in the, in, in the book of Acts. I'm not going to take the time right now to go through them all. You can, like I said, go in the archives and find where I did that. But I'm not going to do it here. But several instances where people, they got born again. And then after that, they got baptized with the Holy Spirit and spake, or spoke, King James spake, New King James, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. I remember in my life, 
I was raised in the Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptists. I'm still a Baptist at heart, really. But uh, I, I know I got born again, born of the Spirit in the Baptist church. But as time went on, I knew there was just something missing. There was something, something missing. And long story short, what it was was they the Baptists that I know anything about primarily do not believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They believe in being born of the Holy Spirit. And thank God they preach the new birth as much as any, any denomination, Christian denomination that I know. Thank God for the Baptists. They get a lot of people saved, but they don't get anybody filled with or filled with or baptized with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit means the same thing. Uh, they don't get anybody baptized with the Holy Spirit because they don't believe they don't believe that it's for today. But I knew there was something missing in my life. There was just something there in the Baptist church, good, good church, good people. Thank God for it. Going to heaven, certainly when they die. Absolutely. I was on my way to heaven because I was born again. But there was something missing. Long story short, what it was was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And as time went on, I, I, I learned from the Bible that that there is an experience whereby after we're born again, we can be and should be baptized with the Holy Spirit, whereby we speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Now, you don't have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues to go to heaven. You only have to be born of the Spirit, born again to go to heaven. But but there is an experience whereby you can be endued with power from on high. And so that came in my life many years later. Thank God I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I asked Jesus to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And then with the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes speaking with other tongues. I had a dickens of a time speaking with other tongues. I'll just tell you the truth because, you know, because you see, I was, I'm making a real long story, very short, trying to keep it short. But I was trying, first of all, I thought the Holy Spirit was going to make me speak with tongues. And he, he doesn't make you do anything. Okay. He, he, so he's not going to make you speak with tongues. He gives you the utterance. You have to do the speaking. Okay. So that's the first thing I had to realize that he wasn't going to make me speak with tongues. I had to, I had to speak and yield my tongue to him and then he'd give me the utterance and then, and then it would flow. And then the next thing I, I tried to speak in tongues out of my head, you know, like you, a foreign language. And that didn't work because, because it doesn't flow. Tongues don't flow out of your head, flows out of your spirit. But I was having a dickens of a time. I tell this story. It's kind of humorous. I was having trouble with that, with speaking with tongues. And I was driving uh, from Fenton, Missouri, out to Eureka, Missouri, where I worked at a golf course. And I was running late and I was, I was speeding. I have to just confess. I was speeding and I went across the Times Beach Bridge area there. And there was a police officer there. And, I, you know, he came, I came up on him pretty quick. He was sitting inside the road radaring. And he, and he shot, he shot me with that, with my car, he shot me with that radar gun. <coughs> and, and I started speaking in tongues. I did. I've been speaking in tongues from that day to this. He didn't, he, he didn't pull me over. So I must have been speaking some mysteries there to God that worked, you know, cause I didn't get a ticket, did not get a ticket. Thank God. But that's where I started speaking in tongues. So whenever I have dealt with people over the years that have trouble speaking with tongues, I, I humorously think I, I need to go get that radar gun from that police officer. <laughs> shoot, shoot him with that radar gun to get him to speak in tongues. Now I say that humorously. A radar gun won't make you speak in tongues. It's kind of a funny story, but but that's that's what happened with me. Anyway, 
You just have to yield your, when you get born again, and then, praise God, ask Jesus. He's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Ask him to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. If you've never done that, do that. And he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You'll get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he's already in you. He was in you when you got born again, but there's a subsequent experience whereby you can be baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost and the evidence of that, really uh, an initial evidence of that, is speaking with other tongues. The Spirit gives the utterance. Yield your tongue to Him and let it flow out of your out of, uh, out of the uh, your spirit right here. Let it flow up. It'll come out like rivers of living water. Glory to God. So, and then you'll be able to pray with the Holy Spirit or pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. That's what this lesson is about. Now, uh, I do want to say this because. You'll have people come in there right away and they'll say, oh, whoa, wait, wait a minute. And just like the Baptists do, you know, and many other denominations, Christian denominations do who believe in being born again, but they, they'll come in there and they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, tongues have passed away. It's all been done away with. When the last apostle died, it's all ceased and ceased. <laughs> it's, all, it's all ceased and stopped. And it's not for today. You know, I've learned this is uh, so many times you'll have the Word of God, the Bible, and you'll have people's experience. And so many times, here's the Word of God, and here's people's, people's experience. And I've learned this. Rather than doing the study and, and what you need, because it takes work to really study the Bible, rather than doing the work that needs to be done to study and, and show yourself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not, to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth and bringing your knowledge and your experience up to match the word of God. What most people do, it, rather than, than doing, you know, bringing your experience up to match the word of God, what people will do is they'll start watering the word of God down and this doesn't mean that and that don't mean this and this don't mean that and that's all passed away and they water the word of God down to match their experience to make them feel better. Uh, let's don't do that. Here's the word of God. Let's do what we need to do to bring our experience up to match the word of God. All right. And so people that say, you know, speaking in tongues has gone away and done away. Usually what they'll do is they'll go to. And let's just take a moment on this, because if you if you don't believe it's for today, then then you'll never be able to pray in the spirit because you, you'll think it's all done away with and 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 there you, you are. So so let me let me say a few things about about this subject of has tongues ceased. Now I could take a whole message on it, but very quickly, First Corinthians thirteen, verse eight. First Corinthians thirteen eight says, "Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail." Now that now, now you have to keep when you interpret the Bible and study the Bible, you have to keep all the verses in context. And if you read up above and on 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 up well up above this up into chapter 12, the whole context of of this, he's talking about the among other things, but he's talking in the context of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, and and one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit ha, is simple prophecy. And it says that prophecies, he's a love never fails, but prophecies will fail. Now, he's not talking about the prophecies of the Old Testament <laughs> or the prophecies given by the apostles in the New Testament. He's talking about this gift of prophecy that brings edification and exhortation and comfort to men. There's going to come a day when that's going to cease and, and, and then fail. And that word fail means cease, stop. 
be no more. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Now, he's, he's not talking about language and communication. He's talking about this, this, this uh, 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 speaking in tongues that we've been talking about. There's going to come a day when that will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. He's not talking about typical knowledge that we have, you know, two plus two is four is knowledge, that sort of thing. He's not talking about knowledge. He's talking about words of knowledge that, that those nine gifts of the spirit. What he's saying is there's going to come a day when these nine gifts of the spirit are going to, are going to pass away. He says, for we know in part right now, we know in part, we prophesy in part, but then he says, so when are these things are going to, when, when will these things pass away? He says, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. And so then what people will do is they'll come in there and they'll say, well, when we, when we got the Bible, the canonized Bible, Genesis to Revelation, all put together in book form, that's what's perfect. When that comes, then, you know, the, then the tongues and all these other gifts of the spirit will cease. But that's not what that means. If you read on down in verse 12, he says, Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I'll know just as also I'm known. What he's talking about here is when we see Jesus. When we see Jesus face to face, when we, you know, the, the, when... <laughs> When we're with him in his presence in heaven or when the rapture of the church takes place and on into the millennial kingdom and, and on out into eternity, when we see Jesus face to face, there'll be no more need for the tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. All the nine gifts that are listed there in 1 Corinthians 12, all those will cease when we see Jesus face to face. Okay. But we haven't seen him face to face yet. So until that happens, all these gifts are, are functioning and in operation today and available to us today. We just have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, to, to, to take advantage of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you really studied the New Testament, uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't just an option. Well, I, you know, well, the, we, well, you know, this denomination believes in it and that one doesn't, kind of like it is today. It wasn't an option. I mean, you don't have to have it to go to heaven. We, we've already made that clear. But it, I mean, it, the, the, the writers of the New Testament, hey, they, they're, they're under the impression that, that as they write, we're going to get born again and baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit you know, and, and not only have, you know, be born of the Spirit on our way to heaven, but have the, the baptism with the Spirit speaking in other tongues is very clear. It, it, but as time has come and gone, you know, now in the day in which we live, there's some Christian denominations believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit and some don't. Well, the good news is, is whether you believe in it or you don't, you, if you're born again, you get to go to heaven. But why do we not want to take advantage of, of being endued with power from on, on high and being able to pray in the Holy Spirit? So, so tongues are for today and, and they're not going to cease until we see the Lord Jesus face to face. And then after he writes first, Paul writes first Corinthians 13. If you, if you drop down to first Corinthians 14, verse five, then he goes on to tell this church, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. So, I mean, that, so uh, the, the implication there is that they weren't all baptized with the Holy Spirit, but he wanted them to be. 
And then in verse 39, 1 Corinthians 14, 39, if you drop on down there, he says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Now, that doesn't mean to predict the future. Again, I don't have time to teach on what that means. It's not about predicting the future. It has to do with bringing edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. If you read 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 13, and 14, you'll see that. It's, it's what's known as the simple gift of prophecy. He says, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy because it brings edification and exhortation. And do not forbid, watch this, do not forbid to speak with tongues. So let's don't forbid to speak with tongues. Let's Let's, let's, let's believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's have it. It's for today. And let's, let's enjoy the blessings of it. Now, because you can't pray in the Holy Spirit unless you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. It's, now, let, let me say this too, because I, I, I think it will help you. Once we've got to this point where we understand what praying in the Holy Spirit is, praying in other tongues, that we see that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is necessary to speak with tongues and to pray in the Spirit, and it's for today. Where the confusion really comes, if you want to know the truth about it, is, you know, once, once, we've, once we've agreed that tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today, then we're, I mean, that's a confusing thing right there. But I trust we've done a decent job to explain that it's for today. But then here's where people, where, where, once we say, okay, it's for today, then, then we really get, get, get confused. <laughs> Believe me, pastoring a charismatic church for all the, all the years that I have, there's a big, there's a big matter of confusion on tongues. And, and, and now, now I could say much, but here's, here's the, the biggest area where there's confusion on it and that and people just don't realize. And if they'd realize this, there'd be far less confusion. I mean, I mean, very little confusion if you'd really realize what I'm about to say. There is a public side to tongues and there is a private side to tongues. Okay. Now that right there, once, once you, Jump the hurdle that, okay, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for today. I should be speaking in tongues today. Once you've jumped that hurdle, then it, then the next hurdle, that, that, that all the confusion within, I'm talking about churches that believe in speaking with tongues, all kinds of confusion there, because this very thing, they do not realize that there is a, there is a private side to tongues. There's a public side to tongues. There, there's a public aspect. When I, when I say public, I mean in, in the church service, okay? There's a public side to it in the church service, and then there's a private side to it, all right? And, and when, <laughs> if you don't realize that, all kinds of confusion and havoc uh, ensues, okay? Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about on this. There's a public side to it, there's a private side to, to speaking with tongues. Public side, private side. If you if you get that, that'll help you greatly. Now, let me just say something about the public side. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. Now, notice this. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. Underline that. Highlight that. Put stars around it. Circle it. You know, you know do something. There, you know, put, put, put something around in the church, in the church, in the church. God has appointed these in the church. Say that with me. Say, in the church. 
What are we talking about here right now? We're talking about in the church, in the local church setting, in the public setting, in the public assembly, all right? To function in the public assembly, not in the private, not at home privately, but in the public assembly, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Now this has to do with giving a public message in tongues in a church service. And then he says, are all apostles. And notice, to give a message in tongues, you'd have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, however you want to say it. Now, then he says, are all apostles? Well, we know the answer to that is no. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? We know the answer. It's no. Not everybody is, not everybody is an apostle. Not everybody is a prophet. Not everybody is a teacher. Not, not everybody is used in a miracle uh, ministry, working of miracles, you see. Uh, do all have the gifts of healings? No. And then, do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Well, the answer is no. But you see, where people who don't do their studying and, and, they, and, and they want to prove that tongues has passed away, they'll take this verse and they'll say, well, we know that are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings? No, 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 no. Do all speak with tongues? No. And there it is. And they'll say, well, see, tongues isn't for today. <laughs> What's he talking about here? What did I just have you underline about 12 times? In the church, see, not all are apostles, not all are prophets, not all are teachers and so forth. Do all speak with tongues? Look, look, in the local church setting, do all people that attend that local church are all used, are all of them used to give a public message in tongues in that local church public setting? No. Should all church members be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues privately, privately, either quietly in church or, or, or at, 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 at home or wherever else? Yes. Okay? So that you got to keep the context here. And understand that and understand the context because context, if you don't, you can take this one verse and do away with tongues. And that's what a lot of people have done. So again, in the church, not everyone is going to give a public message in tongues. Not everybody is going to be used by the Holy Spirit to give a public message in tongues. Okay. So the answer, do all, well, a better way to say, do all, do all speak with tongues. A better way to say it would be, do all give a public message in tongues are all used in that? The answer is no. And do all interpret in that public setting? The answer is no. But, but some are. And we'll talk more about in, in, the interpret, interpreting what was said in tongues here in just a moment. Um, but not everybody's used along those lines. Now, now I know over the years in, in, a, public, uh, in a public setting... In a public setting, um, uh, some are used. 
Now, I know my wife and I, over the years, we've been used along these lines. She would, as the Spirit would lead and direct, she would give a message in, in, in tongues, and, and then I would interpret. And then what the interpretation is, is it's the tongues is in a language not understood by the speaker, and, and for the most part, about 99.99% of the time, not understood by the hearer. I'll talk about the exception of that in a moment. But when tongues, a message in tongues goes out in a public setting, it's not in the native tongue. It's in, you know, nobody understands what's being said because it's it, like in our case, it wouldn't be in English. All right. And uh, 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 it, it sounds like a foreign language. All right. But it, 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 the Bible talks about the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. It may be a language known here on the earth, maybe in a, in a different part of the world. It may be a language that's not known anywhere in the world. But my wife at times would give out a message in tongues and then I would interpret. I would speak then in English and, 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 and give that interpretation out of what the Holy Spirit was saying in, in that unknown language. And that happened numerous times over, over the many years. And, uh, and different folks are used along those lines. Uh, sometimes uh, you'll have a person that's used to do both. They'll give a message in tongues and then, and then they'll give, give the interpretation. Uh, and, and I tell you what, and, and when it's done uh, at the direction of the Holy Spirit, I tell you what, what a blessing it is. And, the, and, the, and the, if you study the Bible, if I had more time, I'd show you the, 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 the reason for it is to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to the congregation, Okay. That's, that's the main purpose of that. Tongues with interpretation. Now there's other things I could say about it, but that primarily is what it's, what it's for. Now, again, I could say more about it. Sometimes it's used in some other arenas, tongues with interpretation, but I don't have time to get into that right now. But I just want to show you that there's a public side to tongues and not everybody's used there. Now, uh, but, but some are. Now, if you, if you look at 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, uh, he, he says here, verse 27, 1 Corinthians 14, 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, now that's, again here now, he, we're in the context of the local church, public setting here, all right? Public, public setting, all right? In the church service. And again, all things need to be done decently and in order. And, and um, um I've had people over the years, I, you know, they just give out a message in tongues, just, just, you know, they just, and I'd have to lovingly without embarrassing them, you know, cause, you know, it was just not the right time or the right place for it or the right, you know, just, 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 you know, baby Christian wanting to give out a message in tongues and, and I'd have to lovingly without embarrassing them direct the service the way I felt the Spirit of God wanted it to go. But when these things are used, these gifts of the Spirit, tongues and interpretation, as I've already said, when they're used, you know, the way they're supposed to be, you know, when we're fully yielded to the Holy Spirit, what a blessing they are. I tell you what, what a blessing, what a blessing tongues and interpretation is. My goodness. But if anyone, now notice here, in the public setting here, 1 Corinthians 14, 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, now this is giving a message in tongues. In, in a language that the speaker doesn't understand or the hearers don't understand. He said, let there be two or at most three, uh, each in turn, and let one interpret. So when, the, when a public message is given in tongues, 
there needs to be uh, an interpretation. Okay, there just needs to be. A, there's one exception to it. I'll mention it here in a moment. But 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 I would say 99.99% of the time, when there is a message given in tongues, things being done decently in order in the church service, there needs to be an interpretation so that people know what the Holy Spirit was was wanting to convey to that congregation. He says, let there be two or at most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. So the interpreter then would, and it's by the Spirit. It's, it's something that doesn't come out of your head. It's not like interpreting a foreign language like Spanish to English. It's, or, or, it's not, or, it's not that. It's, it, it all flows out of the, out of right here where the, I point here because that's where the Holy Spirit is. It all flows out of there, out of your spirit, the Holy Spirit, out of your spirit. And it comes up into your head and then comes out your mouth. <laughs> anyway, but it's the point I'm trying to make. It's it's not coming out of your head. It's not an interp. It's not a translation. It's an interpretation of what the spirit's given. It's. I tell you what. It takes faith. I tell you what. It, it takes more faith to interpret tongues. Let me tell you that it does to give a message in tongues. Absolutely. But be that as it may. Uh, there needs to be an interpretation if there's a public message in tongues. And then he says, verse 28, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church. See, in the public setting, you know, if there, if a message in tongues goes out, then there needs to be an interpretation. Now, believe it or not, I'm still talking about praying in the spirit. <laughs> I just have to give you some, I have to give you some of these things I feel so that uh, you, you need to have some understanding of these things before you can really, I think, really understand that you ought to be praying in tongues regularly and, and praying in the Spirit regularly. But I'll say more about that as we go. But in the again, much confusion because there's a public side to tongues, a private side to tongues, the public side, I'm talking about it here, if there's no interpreter, it says, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak. Now notice, if there is no interpreter, then then you pray. You can pray in in, a, in tongues in a church service. If there's no, if you don't, if you're not given a message to give out, if there's no interpreter there, certainly. If there's going to be no interpreter, interpreter, then just 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 where you, where nobody'd even know what you were doing, just pray in in other tongues right there in the, in, in in the service. I've done that, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the years. I was praying in the spirit in other tongues right there as I was sitting in the church service, you know, during worship or when somebody was given the announcements or whatever the case, and nobody even knew. <laughs> just under just just. We're not talking to men, remember, we're, we're talking to God, speaking mysteries to God. And, and anyway, let him speak to himself and to God. So if there's no, if, if there's no interpreter, nobody's used interpretation there and it, that tongue's not going to get interpreted, then, then it says, let him keep silent in church. But again, the point I want you to take away from this is, is maybe not for this message, for this message, all the mechanics here, I just want you to realize there's a public side to tongues and a private side to tongues. Now, I do want to say this because I think it's worth saying, as you study the Bible, it's interesting, if nothing else. There's, there's only one time where a message in tongues would be given publicly and there would be no need for interpretation. And that is when tongues, according to 1 Corinthians 14, 22, when tongues are being used as a sign such as the, on the day of Pentecost. If you go back and read Acts, the second chapter on the day of Pentecost, 
the, 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 uh, the, the 120 that were in the upper room, they came out onto the streets and they began to speak in tongues. And I don't see that there was any interpretation, but I tell you what, the people that were there from all over the different areas that were there in Jerusalem heard these, these 120 speaking in their native languages that these, these 120 that got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they didn't know all those languages. They didn't go to school to study all those languages, but they were speaking out by the Spirit of God and the people from all different regions were there and they heard them speaking. And if you look at it, get your Bible and read it, you'll see it in Acts 2. They were speaking the wonderful works of God. And and it, it moved those people so that it have, then, then Peter, he then preaches in a known, he gets and starts, he preaches in a known tongue, the tongue that people would understand and, and I think 3,000 people got saved as a result, but I'm quite convinced those speaking in tongues, it was a sign to those unbelievers that were gathered there and they heard them speaking in languages that, that, that 120, they knew they didn't know those languages and, and those people didn't know those languages and, and, and they, were, they, they heard them speaking the wonderful works of God and it moved them so that after Peter got done preaching in a language everybody understood, they had about 3,000 people get saved. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then some people will come in there and say, well, tongues should only be used in a missionary aspect on the mission field. That, that, I mean, it can be used there. Certainly, sure. Praise God. And, and it, it, I'm quite sure it often is. And, but but uh, I say I'm quite sure. I would assume that it is. But it's not just for the mission field. Tongues are for, for anyone that's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay. And... Uh, but anyway, um, I, I, I want to say this. I think it's, it, it's interesting. Um, I heard of a story many years ago, and it's a true story, that there was this, uh, there was this uh, small town, small, sm- smaller town, uh, and there's a church in it. And uh, uh, this uh, uh, fella who was like known as the, the a bad dude in town, I mean, he was mean and gruff and, you know, he's just, just one of those gruff, mean dudes and the preacher invited him to church, but he would never go. And anyway, long story short, the one day the preacher's up there, the congregation is gathered, you know, and this guy comes in, sits on the back row. And, uh, you know, the, the preacher realized he was there. And, and so, you know, he tried to preach a good message to, you know, try to get the guy saved, you know, and so forth and so on. And anyway, anyway at the end of the sermon, all right, this this young girl who was there, I don't know how old she was. I don't, I, I don't know. I might've been 16, 17 years old. I, I don't know, whatever. But, but she gave out a message in tongues and there was a, you know, she gave that message out in tongues and then there, there's supposed to be an interpretation in the known language and there was, it didn't come forth. But what did happen is that gruff guy that was there, he, he, he started shaking and, and he came, he ran down the altar and, and, and the preacher said, what do you want? He said, I want to get saved. And he ran down, shaking, ran down the altar and, and, and got saved. Then after, after the congregation was dismissed, the pastor asked him, he said, I'm so glad you came forward to, to get saved. He said, he said, what was, was it something that I said in my message today? Or was it the, the worship or what was it? Did something move you? What, what was it? Because this guy never he would never come to church was a gruff individual, and uh, 
So anyway, he said, uh, that that guy answered, he said to the preacher, he said, no, it was not, it wasn't your sermon. It wasn't any of that. He said, that girl gave a message and, 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 and he said, I know, he said, I don't know that girl very well, but he said, I know of her and I know her family. I don't know them well, but I know of them. And she says, and then he said, I know this hundred percent. She does not know Choctaw. And then he said to the preacher, he said, I was raised on a Choctaw reservation. And he said, I speak perfect Choctaw along with that native language that they, along with English. He said, that girl doesn't know Choctaw. She does, I know she doesn't know a word of Choctaw. And that message that she gave in tongues, the Holy Ghost through her in Choctaw, perfect Choctaw, he said, called my name, told me that he loved me, but that I was living in sin and that I was headed for a devil's hell. And this was my last opportunity to repent. And if I didn't come forward and get saved today, that I wind up in a devil's hell because this was the last time the Holy Ghost was going to, was going to, was going to, was going to deal with me. And he said, when she got done with that message, he said in tongues, he said, I came forward and got saved. Thank God. Thank God. Can you say amen? Thank God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for tongues. Thank God for, for the interpretation of tongues. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. But you see here, in this case, there, there didn't need to be an interpretation because tongues was being used as a sign. The Bible says that tongues are for a sign to unbelievers. And this guy was an unbeliever, but when that sign, that tongues went into operation without an interpretation, he didn't need an interpretation because he understood what was being said. He came forward and got saved. Glory to God. So there's a public side to tongues. Now, let's talk about the private side, and then we'll, we'll close up by talking about praying in the Spirit, how you can pray the perfect will of God in the Spirit. But there's a private side to tongues. Or we could say a devotion, well, like a devotional side. And this is where we get into praying in the spirit. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, speak with tongues. What does that mean? He's praying in the spirit. He's speaking in the spirit. He's not speaking to men, but he's speaking, uh, he, 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 he's speaking to God. Mysteries. Okay, we already read that to you. He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. So if he's speaking in tongues, and they did, by the way, in that Corinthians church, that Corinthian church, they did speak in tongues quite, quite a bit. And, and there was much confusion about the spiritual gifts there in that church. And that's why Paul really wrote this letter. It was to straighten them out on, among many other things, but on these spiritual gifts, at least in chapters uh, 12 and 14. But, uh, he said, uh, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. And, 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 and that's talking about the private side in his own private life, a devotional, his, his private devotions to God. He spoke in tongues. He prayed in tongues quite a bit, not speaking to men, but speaking mysteries to God. Okay. And, 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 and so there's, there's, see, that's a private side. And then he says, yet in the church. See, so he switches from in the private side. He says, I'm speaking in tongues more than y'all. He said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. Or we could say 
pray in tongues, speak in tongues, means the same thing. Uh, But then in verse 19, he says, yet in the church. Now he switches back to the public side. He said, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a a tongue that, that people can't understand. See, so there's a private side, there's a public side to it, okay? You need to understand that. And he said that I'd rather, he said in the church, that public church setting, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Because if all you're doing is speaking in tongues, unless there's an interpretation, nobody's going to know what you're, what you're saying. See, because we're not speaking to men, we're speaking to God. And, uh, and then he says, if, if you go back up to verse 13, he says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, I could say much about this, but for the sake of time, I'll just say this. Uh, from my experience, my study, I'm quite confident Paul, as he spoke in tongues more than all those Corinthians, he wasn't getting an interpretation for all of the, the, the tongues that he was, he was speaking in on the private side. Now, on the public side, the message comes out in tongues in a church service. There needs to be an interpretation unless it's being used as a sign. That, and that, that's only about 0.01% of the time anyway, from my experience, what I've seen. Now, if there's tongues in church service, there needs to be an interpretation. But on the private side, I'm quite convinced as Paul spoke in tongues, prayed in tongues, he wasn't getting an interpretation for every word that he said. I know in my life, I speak in tongues quite a bit, pray in tongues, but I don't get interpretations for all of it. But there are times, and I'll just give you, I could speak on this for hours, but I'll give you one, one, one thing that I think will help you. Many years ago, I was, uh, I had just, uh, I, I had gotten my teaching degree to, to be a school teacher in mathematics, and I had just settled in teaching, and, and some people, I had taught one year at a, a local school district and some people at the local church I was attending started pressuring me, including the pastor. He started pressuring, it, it, underline that word pressure. You should never pressure people to do things. But started pressuring me to go to, to uh, Bible school. And uh, I, 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 didn't have, I didn't have peace about it. I had peace about going to Bible school, but not at that time. And we need to follow the peace of God, but they continued to pressure me. And the pastor, he sensed that there was a call on my life, and, and, and his, his heart ultimately was right on the matter. He shouldn't have pressured me, but, but he, you know, he, he wanted to get me off and, and get me on the road, you know, serving God in, in the ministry. And anyway, but, but pressure. And, and so ultimately I told him, I said, I'm not going to go this year. I'll go, I'll, 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 I'll go next year. I got peace about next year, not about this year. Well, they continued to pressure me and, 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 and I'd gone down to Tulsa, Oklahoma and I, and I, and I, and I went in, I walked in and the guy there at Tulsa Junior College, he, he hired me right on the spot, which is unheard of and, and, and all of that. But, but I still didn't have peace about going. And so I, and I, and I was being pressured and, 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 and I remember I was feeling down and pressured. And I remember I was up at Crestwood Mall. It's not there anymore. It's been torn down. They're building some other stuff there now. But I was up there and I came out of the mall, got in my car. I was leaving. And, and as I'm driving along, I, 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 I'm speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit just rose up on the inside of me as I, as I'm speaking in tongues. And I, and, and, and I, and I, I don't know, something changed and I, it just got more, I don't know how to explain it, but I gave, I gave out a, 
a, a message in tongues, but I, but there I, I didn't have the interpretation and I knew I needed to know what was being said there. And so I, I said to the Lord, therefore, let him who speaks in tongue pray that he may interpret. I said, Lord, could I please have the interpretation of that? And he gave me the interpretation and I spoke it out. It came right out of here, not out of my head, but I see tongues don't come out of your head to come out of your spirit. All right. And so does the interpretation. I began to interpret, said the year will come and go. And uh, you'll be right back in the same spot next year. Uh, and, and, and he, he said, everything I did for you to set, set up your job and everything, I'll set it up exactly the same way next year. Only when you go next year, it'll be better. And that was it. I said, well, praise God. So long story short, the year came and went because <laughs> I was concerned I wasn't going to get that job. That's a nice job that I, that that would be gone. Year comes and goes. And, and long story short, I got, went back down there. It was a different man. That, that in that that supervisory role at Tulsa Junior College, the guy that had hired me the year before, he was gone. They had brought in a new guy, and I walked in. He hired me right on the spot, and so God did. He he did just what he said. He set everything back up for me. The next year, he might have had to move that first guy out, bring that second guy in to get me that job because I don't think that first guy would have hired me that next year. But <laughs> glory to God, and it was better because I went. I got married in the meantime to my wife Diane, and we went together, so it was better. Can you say amen? But you see, that was great, great encouragement that came through praying in the spirit and, and an interpretation. You see. And then he goes on here, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Praise God. So, uh, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit, and the Amplified Classic says, by the Holy Spirit within me. See, that's what happens when you pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit is on the inside giving you the utterance. He's on the inside of your spirit, giving your spirit the utterance, and then you yield your, you yield your tongue to that, and it comes up out of your mouth. So, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit... And we could say, by the Holy Spirit within me, praise, and my understanding is unfruitful. It is unfruitful. And that's what happens, I'd say, almost all the time when I pray in tongues. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I know I'm speaking not to men, but to God, and I'm speaking mysteries. And there's times where when something comes out, and I, I feel like I need to know what's being said. I'll ask the Lord for the interpretation. And, and, and on many occasions, he's given it to me when, when I've needed it. Praise God. Like that story about going to Bible school that I just told you about. He says, what is the conclusion then? See, your understanding, you need to realize this. Your understanding is unfruitful when you're speaking in tongues. You're not speaking to your, you're not speaking to you're not speaking to men, the Bible says. You're not speaking really where you can understand it at all. No. You're speaking to God. And you're speaking mysteries. He understands it. The devil can't understand it. That's one reason I think the devil fights tongues so much is because he can't understand what's being said. And he can't get in on it. <laughs> Glory to God. But he says, what's the conclusion then? I'll, now watch this. I'll pray with the Spirit. Now what does that mean? I'll pray with other tongues. And I'll also pray with the understanding. What does that mean? Well, in our case, it'd be praying with it in English. I'll sing with the Spirit. That means in other tongues. I'll sing with the understanding. What does that mean? That means in our case here, we speak English. Be English. The native, the native tongue, what everybody would understand. See, so there's a, there's a praying in the, there's a public side. There's a private side. I've taught you about that. If you'll understand the difference between the two, it, it'll, it'll, it'll decrease much confusion. I'll tell you the truth about that. It really will. If you'll understand there's a public side, a private side to tongues. It, it decreases the confusion uh, considerably. And but but he's saying he's saying here we ought to pray with the spirit 
and pray with the understanding. That's what I want you to take away from this verse right here, that, that there's times we need to pray with the Spirit, and there's times we need to pray with the understanding. Those other six kinds of prayer that I've given you, we pray with the understanding. We're praying in English. We're praying in line with the Word of God. We're, we're you know, just as I've taught you over the last many weeks. But this praying in the Spirit, we're not praying in, in our case, English. We're praying in, in, in languages that we just don't understand that, that, that are given us by the Holy Spirit that comes up by the, the Holy Spirit inside our spirit gives us the utterance and then we, yield our tongue to him and, and, and speak it out of our mouth and pray in other tongues, pray in the spirit. Now, so we ought to be praying in English and we ought to be praying in tongues. All right. Now I'll conclude right here in this. I said all of that. Now listen, you listen now. I said all of that. I mean that lovingly. Okay. You listen now. All right. <laughs> I said all that to get to this and then we'll close but don't 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 hang up on me this is I said all that to get to this here we go Romans 8 verse 26 Romans 8 verse 26 now when you're while you're turning there while we're when we talk about praying in the spirit there's many blessings of it I've given you some here today I could give you others one 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 thing is when you pray in the spirit it it builds it 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 energizes you spiritually I mean there's there's many blessings to it but I, I want to center in on this right before I close, is praying the perfect will of God. How many of you would like to be able to pray the perfect will of God? Well, look at this, Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, also helps our weaknesses. Have you ever felt weak in prayer and you didn't know how, what you should pray? Well, listen to this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Has anybody ever been there besides me? <laughs> for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That means uttered with articulate speech. The implication here is tongues. So when we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, then the Holy Spirit himself will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and the implication there is much I could say about it but the implication there is is in in tongues and then it says now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God See, we talked about intercessory prayer a couple of weeks back that was when we were doing it in English in the understanding but there's a whole other aspect to intercessory prayer that has to do with in the spirit. In the spirit, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, okay? But then the Holy Spirit will take hold with us and make intercession for us with groaning in other tongues. And, and, and he, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, so there's a, there's a part of intercession that's done in the understanding where you pray for, for people or pray for others in your, in your understanding. And we'll say in our case in English. But, but I tell you what, there comes a time where you don't know how to pray as you ought. And that's when the Holy Ghost will take hold and will pray the perfect will of God and intercede for others and pray the perfect will of God for them in other tongues. Praise God. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for that vital tool 
vital tool. You see why the devil fights tongues so much? Because I mean, there's, there's a lot of situations we run up on where we don't know how to pray as we ought. And, oh, I tell you what, when the Holy Ghost will then take hold with us and we pray the perfect will of God out. And remember, prayer is the avenue by which God moves here in the earth. We've taught you that in a previous session. That's one of the reasons the devil fights tongues so much because it takes away this powerful tool that the church has and, and the Holy Spirit wants to use through the church. It just, it just takes that completely away. That's why the devil, one of the reasons the devil fights tongues so much is because we can pray the perfect will of God uh, and intercede for others in the spirit in other tongues. Now, I want to say this. In my many, many years of dealing with intercessory prayer and dealing with intercessory prayer meetings and, and, and folks over many decades, I have noticed this. Not all, but many people are too quick to turn to tongues immediately when they start praying. And, and I've learned this. Whenever I need to intercede for a situation, I, we, and when I'm directing a, a prayer group and we're going to pray you know, for, for, for others in, in, in intercession, we go in there and we do everything that we can. When I'm leading it, we do everything that we can to pray in the understanding first. Because so many people just want to start praying in tongues. No, we go in there and get scriptures from the Bible and pray those scriptures and pray in English, pray in your native tongue, pray as far as you can in your understanding for that situation, whatever it is. And there's been many times, many times where we've prayed something out or we've prayed it through or we, 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 we got the, we, we, we did everything, we accomplished everything we needed to in English and we didn't need to pray in tongues at all. Many times. There's been some times where we've prayed as far as we could in English and didn't know how to pray any further and then we start praying in tongues. And there's been some situations where we went in there and we didn't know from the first second how to pray for a situation and then we just prayed in tongues. See, so you have to be led by the Spirit. But one reason that, that I'm, I'm convinced that, that or let me say it this way, a lot of times, let me just restate it, sometimes people just start intercessory groups, so just start praying in tongues right off the bat and see little results. I think you have to pray, I'm quite confident, in your understanding as far as you can. And then when you can go no further in that, then if the Holy Ghost needs to, he'll take hold with you. Praise God. Or if the understanding just, you don't know how to pray for as you ought and you've done all you can to pray in the understanding and that you just, just, you're, you're, you need, you need help. Well, the Holy Ghost is the helper and that's when he'll take hold. See, it's about him taking hold. And when he takes hold, praise God, then the perfect will of God is prayed and, and, and results come. Uh, I remember, and I'll close with this. I hope you're listening still. A little long here, but I'll close with this. Listen to this. I remember my mother, 90 years old. Uh, uh, it was time for her to go to heaven. And uh, uh, it was time. Her time Her time had come. She was, she was ready to go. And I could speak for hours on this. But as it pertains to praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, the perfect will of God, it was time for her to go. And uh, she was born again. Thank God for it. All right, she's born again. She's headed to heaven. Now, my mom was never baptized with the Holy Ghost, but she was born of the Spirit. Praise God. And so she was going to heaven. She was 90 years old, and it was time for her to go. And uh, her, uh, her her body, I mean, she, she's worn out. She's worn out. 
she, 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 she wasn't sick. She's just worn out. It was time for her to go. And, uh, and anyway, she's in a, in, in a, a retirement facility the last couple of years of her life. I went and was with her every day and, and we, you know, we, we had as a big time in there and, she, you know, it was, you know, it for, it was, it was, it was as good as it all could be. But, uh, I, I was so concerned because I had watched my grandma back when I was 10 years old. Now she was born again also, but I, and so, so she went to heaven, but I watched my grandma go through the jaws of death, her physical body. I watched her suffer so. And I watched her go through the jaws of death. You don't have to go through the jaws of it. Go through the gateway of it. That's different than going through the jaws of it. Now, my grandma went to heaven, all right, but she went through the jaws of it. And I watched her suffer so for, 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 it was, it was, it was not good for about a day and a half. It was, and I remember that at 10 years old, I didn't want to see my mother go through that. Now, I was cognizant of that all the years. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, uh, when it when it came up in the springtime, um, I, I I had had different people over the years talk to me about you know my mom you know one because her and I were so close and they were trying to get me ready for her you know when she passed away people didn't know if I was going to be able to function after she passed away and um, but uh, 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 different people would talk to me about it and but the Lord never said anything to me about it one now one guy the Lord sent him to me two years ahead of time and started talking to me about my mother's home going. And that was a blessing to me, but still, Lord never said anything. So in the springtime of 2014, my mom had a little spell where she went down and, and, and I thought she was going then. The Lord hadn't said nothing. And, 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 in, and then a couple of, oh, I don't know, about, oh, about three weeks of that, she came back up out of it and went through that whole summer of 2014, just, just fine. Had a big time playing cards with her friends and all of that. And then as we moved to the fall of the year on about September middle of September, the Lord said to me, he said, the time, of, right on the inside, he said, the time of your mother's departure is at hand. Uh, well, he, the Holy Ghost will get you ready and prepare you for things to come. And so, and, and she, she's just going just fine. He said, the time of her departure is at hand. Now she's born again. We know where she's going, going to heaven. And then, and then about a, I don't know, month came and went and there it was. And she had told me for years, she said, when I, my time comes, she says, she says, I, she says, I, I, I don't want to suffer. And, and she said, and I want to go to sleep and not wake up. Well, here's the deal. She, she, you know, listen to this out. She didn't ever have to suffer except listen carefully. But, she, but, but about, about three weeks before she went, she slept. I mean, she slept. She slept, You couldn't wake her up. And, and it looked like somebody shot her with a dart gun. You couldn't wake her up. And then, and I'd forgotten what she had said. She wanted to go to sleep, not wake up. And she slept for about three weeks in her wheelchair. I mean, she's just sleeping. Anyway, but, but she's in the bed there. And they told me, the, the, the nursing staff said that, that, you know, that she could start losing a lot of weight and it could be pretty ugly and this and that. And, uh, and she, but she's sleeping and, and I didn't want her to go through the jaws of death. And then that one, that one, that one evening, her breathing got very, very difficult. And it seemed to me, I could see she was getting ready to go through the jaws of death. And normally I was right by her side, but for some reason I, I, I knew I had to leave that room. And go on home. It was about 10, 30, quarter to 11 at night. And her breathing is getting really uh, uh, very tough. 
And uh, normally I'd never leave her side, but I knew on the inside I need to, I need to leave there. I don't. And, um, uh, but I left her with the, with capable staff people and I told them, you know, I, I've, I've got to leave, got to go home, but call me if anything happens. And, and, uh, and so I, I, I remember I walked out of her room. I walked across and down the hall, across the hall, there was a back store, a stairwell down to the first level and then out to my car. When I got in that stairwell, 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 when I got in that stairwell, the Holy Ghost took hold with me. Because I didn't know how to pray, I didn't know how to pray any further for her. I didn't know, I didn't want to see her go through that jaws of death. I got in that stairwell and I'll never forget it. The hair raised up on the back of my neck. The Holy Ghost took hold with me. And I mean, it was bold. I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what, what was being said. It was in other tongues. And it was bold, it was bold. I mean, it was bold from there, uh, all the way out. All the way out, just about out to my car. Nobody was around, nobody, because everybody had gone home, just the staff there. And I walked down that stairwell and praying. It was bold all the way across that, that activity here, just bold. I went out those for bold, just bold in other tongues. And when I left there, her breathing was not, it was very troubled. And uh, I told him, call me through the night if there's anything, and no call next morning. Go in there and they told me, they said, you know, after you left, that breathing, her breathing just, it just changed and it went right back smooth. And she slept all through that night. That was a Monday night. She slept all that night, all Tuesday and Wednesday morning. Glory to God. She went to heaven. Glory to God. Just peaceful. And she didn't go through the jaws of death, but she may well have and would have if it hadn't have been, oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost and praying in other tongues and, and this ministry of intercession that the Holy Ghost has in the spirit through other tongues. Glory to God. Well, you can believe in it or not. I believe in it. And I'm glad for praying in the spirit. So make yourself available to to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Pray in the spirit. And there's times he'll want to use you to intercede for others. And so be available to him. Well, listen, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your savior, repent of your sins, accept Jesus as your savior. And you'll get born of the Spirit. You'll get born again. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven. And if you're out there and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus. Now, now he's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Ask him, say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. And if you mean it, just that quick, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And the initial evidence of that is speaking in other tongues. You'll sense a bubbling there. Don't try to figure it out in your head. Just speak it out and let, let the Spirit of God flow up out of you, the other tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance. Praise God. And then get into the Bible and learn all you can about what it means to, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and be filled with it, to be filled with the Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and speak with tongues and pray with tongues. All right? So let's be Christians born again, but let's be baptized with the Holy Ghost and let's pray in the Spirit also, okay? Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. And uh, next week, I think I'm going to continue along the lines of prayer, I think. Uh, we'll just see. So if that's the case, we will. Otherwise, if the Holy Ghost gives me something else, a different direction to go, we'll just be led and follow Him. All right. Well, I trust we've been a blessing to you and we'll see you next week. God bless you and bye-bye.